Welcome to the Quintessential Being podcast. Here, you'll find conversations with epic souls that offer fresh perspectives, cultivate awareness, and invite acceptance for you to experience wholeness right now. Join me, Nikki O'Brien, as I dive deep with these beautiful beings of light. Welcome, Amanda, from Wax Treasure Feathers. Thank you so much for joining me on the Quintessential Being Show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Before we start, I know um, we just want to do an acknowledgement of country. I'd love you to do that for us. Yep. So my name is Amanda. I'm a Yuan woman and I would like to pay respects to the elders and the traditional owners of the land that I'm on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. I also pay my respects to my elders, their elders, past, present, upcoming, and to anyone that is Aboriginal listening to this podcast. I pay my respects to your elders. Yeah. Thank you so much. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm super excited to dive into animal spirits you are all things connected with animals with our land with all of the medicine and the magic and the stuff that they bring into our world so maybe where we can start is what are animal spirits and how do we understand them (laughs) okay so i guess i'll go back to you know thousands hundreds of years so animism is like Pretty much it's not just Aboriginal people, but it's a lot of Indigenous tribes will practice this. So it's a belief that all things, plants, creatures, you know, stones, they all possess their own spiritual essence. And I guess you could describe that as, you know, our bodies are our vessel. If we can believe in spirits, as in, you know, of relatives of all of that, and a lot of that is residual energy, why wouldn't bones and stuff like that also hold that energy? That includes, you know, feathers, snake sheds, you know, anything from an animal we believe, you know, possesses, you know, their essence, their their, their spiritual being and, you know, not, not necessarily their soul, but the meaning behind their presence. For me, I'm a UN woman. My people, and that's from New South Wales, um, Eden, Bermagui sort of way, um, we believe in the powers of, we always have of feathers, crystals, and bones you know traditional jewelry for us would be echidna quill and kangaroo teeth you know necklaces and traditionally all aboriginal people all over have you know always read nature looked for the signs you know and all of our animals they all have their own story so when you hear a dream time story i suppose it's not just a story i think you've got to look deeper into it what are the lessons that that story tells you and it's not just lessons about that animal. It's it's about values and morals. And, and yeah, so I would suggest anyone that's ever heard Dreamtime stories, go back, have a read again, and then think to yourself, what is the purpose of this story? Because most of them will explain the personality of the animal, what, you know, their spirit is, and they also, they distinctly have lessons for us. So I guess... I've grown up my whole life. I believe animals are just completely pure and innocent. If I think about it, I hold them in higher regard than I would human beings. And for me, I think that's where we go wrong as humans. There's this thought of being superior. And that's across the board. That's to do with birds are going nuts. Um, That's to do with, you know, medicines, you know, where we live, how we live. 
and I think just look at, you know, the coronavirus and that sort of stuff. For me, that's a lesson. I think it's a lesson to all of us that we really need to start taking a step back, going back to basics. Um, one thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, the bushfires. So our people for, you know, thousands of years have managed our land without having those devastating bushfires. So for me, my belief is, yep, spirit animals, also nature, reading nature. Animals can tell you about events and things that are coming. So cockatoos, for example, flying off, storms. So, you know, you can look out, have a look at what's around you, what's happening, what animals are there, and they, in fact, tell a story. I also believe, and I do practice with bones, so being a medicine woman, for me, especially skulls, they all, they have incredible power. And I can tap into that, that energy via, you know, the remains of the animal that I'm working with. Any bones, remains that I am given or I find, I bless and make sure that I smoke them. And you find that majority of them can be trapped, especially if they're hunted animals. It's about setting their souls free so that that vessel is available to be used for, you know, from what I do. But yeah, so for me, my, you know, my spirit guide, my main one would be, you know, for me, it's, it's Wa the Crow. Mm. And in my um, culture, he's a bit of a trickster. I would see him as a magic man, but he's also not innocent. So he's the one that can go in between worlds. Oh, wow. And, you know, although he's magic, and I think this is, you know, part of the whole Dreamtime story stuff, he's, he's known to have made quite a few mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so he, even though we, we classify him as being, you know, a spirit animal in high regard, Mm-hmm. he still makes mistakes we all make mistakes so you know war is what i would look at for magic bunjil the eagle he's like the ultimate the creator spirit for us and i think it's across the board majority of us if we see an eagle we know that we're being watched after we're being we're being that's a basic sign to say everything is going to be okay mm. and yeah and spirit animals they can change so people usually think you know spirit animals are totem animals Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there can be animals that you love and you feel really connected to, but a spirit message and from an animal is about any animal that would cross your path unexpectedly mm-hmm. or that you haven't seen before or in a different, strange sort of way. Mm-hmm. So whenever that happens, I encourage people to pay attention. What's the animal? What's the message you're trying to bring? Mm-hmm. So an example of that would be, and this is not just strain animals. I think it's across, you know, any animal for me, I can connect to I have been out sitting by a, you know, river on a full moon and had a deer walk straight up to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now deer are, you know, incredibly shy. And so for me instantly, I was like, okay, that this is a message. Yeah. Um, and it's about interpreting that message, finding that, you know, and using that, using what they bring to the party. I love what you said there. Oh, there's so many different directions I want to go. Maybe if we can just go back to, you said like the animals have like different personalities and sort of different. So could we maybe dive into some of the Australian native animals and some of the things that they would represent? You know, you, you mentioned also when crow comes to you. So what's the message? Is it always different every time because there's different layers to it or and you sort of looking at your life circumstances and what 
what's speaking to you when you're looking into that. Yeah, sorry, I know there's like three or four questions there. But no, I it, it's completely true. You can't just look at an animal and go, okay, that's the message yeah. because they do change. Yeah. So I have, you know, I've had crows, they will follow me for blocks if I go for a walk. Um, then I have a crow appear randomly and he'll start squawking in my face. Mm -hmm. When that happens, I know that's a message. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a warning. And I'm like, okay, what are you warning me about? So what is going on in my life right now that could potentially go wrong? Yeah. You know, have I spoken to my family members? Yeah. Yeah. Do I, how's my health? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else I might be worried about? Yeah. For me, if I see a magpie, automatically it's justice for me oh wow yeah so that's probably one of the only birds that when i see it i think of justice yeah okay yeah and it's straight down the line so whether that's a legal battle a disagreement an argument or you know even within yourself it's that's the message it's justice straightforward justice bundle is pretty much the same bundle is about everything being okay Mm -hmm. in the world and that everything's good and that he is a symbol of, I guess, hope. Oh, that's beautiful. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm stressed, I like to get my hands in the dirt and I get out in the garden and I just switch off. And I've had my neighbours, you know, call out from their balcony, Amanda, have you looked? And I'm like, what? You know, completely thrown off. And, you know, there'll be two eagles sitting in the tree across from me, just watching. And as soon as I pay attention and I know they're there, they're off. That for me, that's a message saying, I see you, I hear you. And everything's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's when I can go, okay. You know, and I can take that deep breath and go, there is more to this world than what I'm worried about. And I am looked after. You know, you said before that you use hold animals in higher regard than you do humans. And I love that about them. They can just bring it back to that beautiful simplicity and like love, right? (laughs) That everybody and everything is love. Yeah, it is. And there is no greed. There is there is not a, a an animal, you know, on this planet that will go out and hurt or take more than they need or, you know, just for the, the kicks of it. That, that doesn't happen. They are as sincere as they possibly can be. And everything that they do is about needs and about that animal instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, the snakes with you. For anyone who may not have known, I, sh- I shared on my socials, I decided I was going to go for a hike and started walking down a path and got this strong, like, Nikki intuition, don't go. They were, like, showing me death and fear and don't go. Anywho, kept going, eventually got, like, too scared and kind of turned around to come back and then got stopped by a brown snake literally a metre in front of me on the path, which is a very thin walking path. Needless to say, it totally terrified me and yeah it's taken me a good few days to like process and get all the lessons that I need needed out of out of seeing him and there was another one literally after I got past him after waiting for a little while for him to go back into his into his grass I walked past and there was another one so yeah that was definitely an interesting process for me and you helped me just sort of unpack Oh, it being stuck in my nervous system, you know, being faced with kind of what would happen. I was by myself. I didn't have any reception and I had a way to go to get back to my car. And so, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. please share with us. And for me, you know, the fact that you saw two, yeah. that's a reoccurring, that's a, a second message for me. So if you see one, you might dismiss it at chance. If you see two, 
that for me is a clear message. It's like, okay, you're not paying attention to the first one, so I'm sending you another. And there's, you know, people fear snakes so much, especially in Australia, because they are venomous. However, they don't, they don't think like these animals. They don't. And this is where it comes into it for me. You've got to think like that animal. You know, imagine there was, I guess, giants in the world, you know, and we're just chilling and all of a sudden this guy just huge decides he's just going to walk straight in front of us. What are we going to do? We're going to freeze. Yeah. And we're going to do whatever we can to protect ourselves because we don't know if that person, that thing's a danger. And this is exactly what the snakes will do. Yeah. Snakes... And, you know, for anyone that believes that, that it is really scared of snakes, I try to, you know, snap them out of it. There's a belief that they'll always chase you and stuff like that. If you give a snake a chance to leave and it's got an exit where it doesn't have to go straight past you, it's going to take that. Yeah, okay. So just step. And it's about, yeah, being still. You know, you paused. You, you just, you were still. You were still in that moment. And animals feel your vibrations, your energetic vibrations. And it's really important to remain calm because that snake is picking up on every single vibe that you are putting out there. And if you're just still and calm and you're not making any sudden, and by sudden movements, it could be a swing of your arm. That snake is going to think it's in danger. And that's where you get into trouble. So, you know, every animal, snakes, whatever, they're only doing it to protect themselves. There's a reason. So if you come across a snake, pause calm yourself and know that snake's going to leave if you give it a chance. Oh, absolutely. Like I really had to many times had to stop myself from getting overwhelmed and like hysterical because I was like, this is not good. If that, if he feels that from me, it's not going to be great. <laughs> so I had to really, I just went into like mantra mode and I had these two sticks that I was sort of tapping together and saying, I just want to get back to my car, mate. I just want to get back to my car. Like I'm not here to hurt you. I just want to pass and get back to my car. Like that's all I was saying. And I think after me saying it enough times and like, you know, lulling myself into that safety. Yeah. He obviously felt that too. And then kind of, okay, okay. I'll let you pass Nikki. <laughs> yeah. And are we going to, you know, are we going to turn our backs on something that we see is a threat? No. If, you know, we're even talking about being out one night and we see something that's acting a bit strange or we haven't seen before. We're going to be hyper observant of that and go, okay, what is going to happen next? And that's, this is all the animals are doing. They're just picking up on you, working out whether they're safe or not just to take off. In terms of the messages they bring, I, you know, snake is all about, yeah, like you did on your post, but it's about shedding, you know, get rid of the old, leave it behind. What are you hanging on to that no longer serves you? That's preventing your growth because a snake can't grow anymore without shedding its skin. I know and I read up about it and you know and I also read that some snakes like they actually go blind while they're shedding and they can't see they won't um, they won't attack or do anything they won't eat really when they're shedding and then once they're sort of done with their transformation then they go out into the world and I was like that was also pretty you know it's like a meditative thing it's like how we say to sit down and to you know really meditate to go within that's exactly what they're doing. They are, when they're shedding, they are vulnerable, yeah. you know, in the purest of senses, like to everything. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a message of healing, you know, get rid of it so that you can grow, be vulnerable yeah. and open to what, you know, you need to get rid of or share with the world so that you can, you know, grow. And I think, I think that's a beautiful message mm-hmm. and it's a reoccurring one for a lot of people this year. So you know, I think we're all doing a bit of growing and there is, you know, a shift. I'm hoping that that shift will bring forward a mutual understanding, you know, of 
everything of nature of each other of cultures and and respect and unity um you just got to think of you know look at italy when their lockdowns and the dolphins return to the canals mm. you know i just think that's beautiful and if that didn't teach people that you know being still and allowing nature to heal herself because i think mother nature's really you know i don't think she's happy right now and she does she needs some breathing space and we're taking it all from her so i think if we want to have what we've got now for our children and our grandchildren we really need to consider what we're doing covid sort of has given a lot of people that perspective i suppose the sacred flaws yeah so those you know snake skins for me I use them in making jewellery, as you know, because, you know, it's that residual energy. It's that giving you that power, that courage to be vulnerable and change. So in my jewellery pieces, that's what they mean. You know, it is about courage and it's about resilience and, I guess, growth. And, you know, we'll talk about under the red-bellied black snake. So my mum's dreamtime story is about a goanna mm-hmm. and the red-bellied black snake now this goanna he had a poison bag and you know he'd wear it around his neck and he was just very nasty just not i just not a nice man at all and anyone that questioned him or didn't agree or he didn't want to do something he would just attack them and because of the poison bag they would die um and obviously that's not great if you're living in a big community and you're all supposed to get along you don't really want a, a nasty person with a poison bag it's kind of like giving someone you know a gun who really shouldn't have it um, so, you know, the people came together and they're like, what are we going to do? We need to solve this. We're losing too many community members. And so they sent forward their warriors, their best warriors, who agreed to, to try. So, you know, the, the kangaroo, he tried. Eagle tried. Wombat tried. Kookaburra tried. And all different methods. So Kookaburra tried to make him laugh. You know, the kangaroo wanted a race. The wombat just thought he'd be, you know, he'd be strong enough to be able to hold the bite and not be bitten. So they all died. And so the people came back together again and they're like, okay, we've lost our best warriors and our women are losing their husbands and the children are losing their their fathers. What are we going to do? And out of nowhere, this snake woman, the red belly black snake, she came slithering along and they hadn't seen her before. And she said, if I can get this poison bag from him, Will you do me one thing? They're like, ugh, as if she's going to be able to get this poison bag. They're like, yep, what is it you want? And she's like, I just want somewhere safe to be able to raise my babies. Because you are coming around and you're wrecking everywhere I try to lay my eggs or have my kids. And I just want to feel safe. I don't want to do any harm. I just want somewhere where I can just be safe. Will you give me that? And they're like, oh, yeah, we've been pretty selfish, haven't we? We haven't really thought about this. Yep, all right, if you can get the poison bag, we'll do that. She sets off on her ways and finds Gawenna, man, he's sitting there by a fire. She goes up and she sits across from him. And he's given her, you know, stern looks like, who is this this person? She says nothing and she starts pulling out berries and all these snacks that she knows he's going to like from her bag and starts cooking them up on the fire. And he's sitting there going, oh, Jeez, that smells nice. I really want me some of that. And she hands them to him. And so he eats them. And he eats, you know, she makes him another serving. He eats. And as he's starting to drift off with a full belly, the first thing he says to her is, I think I need a woman like you in my life. 
And she's sitting across from him and she's like, it's cold night tonight. Can I come closer? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Yep, come closer. You know, I want what you're giving me. And so she goes and she sits right beside him and in a quick strike, she steals that poison bag and swallows it. And that's the story of how she ended up becoming poisonous and the Gawana is no longer poisonous. He's still grumpy, the Gawana, but he's not poisonous. And she is actually the most gentlest snake you could come across. In the wild, you could pick up a red-bellied snake and she ain't going to bite you. But by swallowing the poison of the poison bag, she became blind and deaf. So she went back to the people and she said, I'm now blind and deaf. You know, I want to lay my, I want to have my children in little bird's nest ferns. That's all I want. But when you're coming close, I need you to really stomp your feet so that I can feel the earth move and know that you're coming because I'm not, I don't want to hurt you and I don't want to hurt your children. And so for me, I'm just like, what are the messages behind that story? You know, that her energy is more about, you know, that protective feminine mother role model that just wants anything and will do anything for her children, you know, and that needs the basic needs for just safety and somewhere to feel safe to raise those babies. And like I said, the messages for our spirit animals, they come across wrong, you know, because she is gentle and she's protective, but she is not aggressive Mm -hmm. and, you know, doesn't mean any harm. What popped into my mind as well was like she was willing to go in and talk to like the grumpy goanna man, you know. So look for the unlikely, you know, pairing or that's what I kind of was taking from that. Like she was willing to be really patient sitting opposite him and talking to him and nurturing him. And yeah, so it's wow. In order to get into his vulnerability, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's her story. And I could talk about natives all day and I think it's beautiful that people be able to read nature and anyone can do that. And a a good friend of mine, Laura Bowen, she does a nature reading course. She's creator of the dream time reading cards and that sort of stuff. But what people need to also understand is there's a boundary and that boundary is with our animals and animals remains. There are no go zone. You don't take them. Mm-hmm. it's different to be gifted them I guess for an Aboriginal person or something like that like you know there's even stuff off limits to me we don't touch our totems either yeah so we've all got specific totem animals mine's a black duck I don't eat duck I would never harm a duck and it's my job to protect that animal mm-hmm. if that makes sense so what I might so the stuff that I make isn't necessarily going to be stuff that another Aboriginal person would make either yeah. and not all of us work with bones not all of us work with spirit animals or believe in the powers of rocks and feathers like my mob did. But, you know, we've spoken about it before. My mob hunted with orca whales. So, yeah, we've all got our different gifts. And I think across the world, if you look at all Indigenous groups and you go back in history, you will find that belief that animals possess this just pure, this, this vibrant, this pure essence that can be used is across the board. Absolutely. You mentioned that totem animal. Just can you tell us what a totem animal is for someone who may be listening and doesn't know what that means? Yeah, it's like the symbol of our, our clans or our tribes. And there's all Dreamtime stories for them. Everyone has a different one. So the lands I'm on, and there, there's usually a couple. So lands I'm on today, the Wurundjeri people, they have Bunjil the eagle or eagle hawk. And they also have Wa and the crow. 
my mob will have the black duck and the story behind the black duck and for those that don't know you see black ducks around a lot they're the ones with the little bit of the color on their wings they're black ducks and our our dreaming story about the black duck is we were able to survive danger and you know i guess not just white men but other clans that would come to take what we had because the duck would call to us so when the duck was calling and quacking that was a warning to us that there's trouble and to prepare so even though that duck doesn't look like he's very fierce or you know a great totem to have he is what kept us safe yeah and he's a communicator and so all different mobs have different animal totems. Bark and G, you know, they'll have, I think it's Emu, Yorta Yorta, which is like Murray River Way. They have the long-necked turtle. And they've all got their stories that come with it. Mm-hmm. As traditional owners of the land, it's our job to protect the land. And it's also our job to protect our animals. So those animals, they're off limit. We don't, you know, they're, they're the ones we look up. You know, we have to make sure that they're protected. We have to, to look after them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's it's even, you know, mobs in Northern Territory and WA, they do it different. People need to understand that Aboriginal people aren't, there isn't one way, you know, there's hundreds of different clans, all with different beliefs, all with different dream time stories. And it, it's relative to the land they're on, what they're surrounded by, the animals that are there. So, you know, the Pacific duck's not going to be in the middle of the Simpson Desert. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to have a Pacific duck as their totem. So, you know, it's, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about some of the jewellery that you do, some of the bones that you work with and some of the jewellery that you do make and how did you come to doing that? I've always had a gift with animals. I found out later in life about my Aboriginality and my clan. and But I've always been gifted from the time I was very little. My mum used to call me um, Dr. Doolittle and I would much rather spend my time, even as a child, with animals than I did any human. I was very much a loner, but I liked that. You know, I would communicate with my dog and like any animal, kangaroos. My mum used to think I was crazy. And she used to wonder like how the hell, you know, I would end up with all these random animals all the time. She's like, there is not one person in the world that ends up with this this many animals, Amanda. You can't bring them all home. You know, I'd come home with, you know, a German shepherd puppy that I'd found in a, a, a prickle bush you know, or all these random birds that would come to my house. My mum would be like, oh, my God, like, this is just not not happening. But I also talked to spirit. And as I, I grew older, and I guess through, you know, experiencing trauma through the horrible acts of humans, I resorted more towards the animals. I used to do readings and work with spirits and do that with people. And honestly, it's a drainer, you know, yes, I can do it. Yes, it's great. But the energy that it takes to do that, especially when people aren't pure and, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have those pure intentions is just too intense for me. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to move on yep, to the animals and I could pick up an, a bird skull and I, I get electric feelings in my hands. So it's like uh-huh. I'm being shocked. Yeah. The jewelry I make, you know, I use snake skin. I do a kidnacryl jewelry. What else do I do? I do a lot. So I, um, my dream as a little girl was to open a crystal or a metaphysical store. And that's where my mum would find me. If I was running away or she'd take me to West End Markets, which is a really old market in Victoria. 
and she would take me and there was this spiritual shop and I was little and I would go there and she had cards on this counter that you would pull out like, I guess, affirmation cards. And they, all the time, that's where I'd be. I'm pulling them out and I'd be looking at them. And my mum used to say, and, you know, I've got a Celtic background as well, and she used to tell me that I was too young to be playing with that stuff. I think I was like 14 when she brought me my first set of cards. But, yeah, the animal stuff has always been strong. And when I found out about my Aboriginality, it all just made sense. I was like, okay, so my mob hunted humpback whales with orcas, you know, at Toucan Bay. Like they literally had a relationship where the whales would call to my mob and go, hey, we're ready to hunt. Let's go. Let's go together. And they would get in their little canoes, their boats or whatever, and they would go and they would round up the humpbacks together. You know, I used to use echidna quills to stitch my possum skin cloaks and stuff like that. And I found out that that's a traditional practice that my mum have been using for thousands of years. So a lot of it is DNA and it's, you know, people talk about intergenerational trauma and that sort of stuff. There's also that knowledge that's passed, that's passed in your blood. So things that you do and you feel and you know, it's like this, how do I explain it? It's like an unknown knowing. You just know. And, yes, yeah, so that's how I've sort of fell into it. And with COVID, I've sort of come out of the, out of the shadows. I didn't like to practice for everyone, I like to keep that to myself. And COVID, I just thought there is so much going on in the world right now and so much hurt and that collective consciousness was so heavy that I was like, okay, this it, I'm being called out and I, I kept being called out. And so everything happened to me by accident, by accident. And so from there it's grown. So I was donating herbal teas for the elders and the vulnerable in Victoria, making what I called far cough spray far as in far and then cough as in cough and it's it's literally it has gone from there and so yeah now I'm aspiring to be one of the first women to own a Aboriginal owned and run metaphysical store that focuses on getting things ethically and properly so if I'm going to buy sage smudge sticks then I'm going to go to the tribes that make it in America and I'm going to get it from them because yet yeah, you cannot stop those practices, but I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to give that back to them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So anyone that, you know, like here, the bush food industry is like, I think it's less than 5% is owned by Aboriginal people, um, medicinal, you know, food. And that is because white man is selfish and we will share, you know, our healing methods and they steal it and they run with it because they know that there's money in it. And I think that's quite a shocking So for me, I'm like, if you want to use Aboriginal medicines, if you want to use our healing, just get it from someone who is Indigenous. Yeah, don't do your research, you know, and that goes for me as well. And, yeah, I specialise in Australian stones because I believe, as bad as it sounds, for me it feels like I'm taking my land back. Mm -hmm. I can't stop mining, you know, and I can't stop everything that has been taken already. But if I can take that back and I can share that with mob, then I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Rose, asking you to choose your favourite crystal would be like, you know, asking to choose a favourite child, but could you give me like a little, a couple or what, like what's jumping out of to you when I ask that question? <laughs> I fucking adore crystals as well. <laughs> oh, one of my favourites is probably Morella Smoky Quartz, which is only found in Victoria in Hall's Gap. 
Um, it's a rare one. And Ridnight, which is a black and pink crystal found here as well. Oh, yes. Can we talk about this? I saw this on your website and I, by chance, picked it up a little while ago. I can't remember what it means. And so I would love to hear what it means to you and how it works with you. And, yeah, because I was literally eyeing them off on your website. (laughs) So it is a – I would compare it a bit with – so Ridnight, which is the the pink and the black, is I would compare it to a rose quartz. Yeah, probably stronger though. So it's about self-love and love and it's it's all things love, love for yourself, love for others, but is also a very healing stone, especially for people who have experienced trauma, you know, through violence, sexual abuse, you know, family violence. And it's about that stone especially is about learning to love yourself and to know that, you know, I guess you didn't deserve it. You know, it didn't happen to you. Like, it is teaching you how to be able to accept love, yeah, and to be able to give it and to love yourself and to know that you are worthy. So for me, that is one of my my favourite stones. A lot of people go for, you know, the rose quartz or, you know, others, but I don't think you realise how many stones we have here and how sought after they are, including we've got, like, mookite. That would be another one. And have a look on the website. But mookite is... Only found here, and it's found in Mooka Springs, Mooka Creek, Mooka Springs, Northern Territory, I believe. And it connects you with ancestral energy. Oh, wow. So it's good for, I guess, past life work. Oh, wow. And, you know, yeah, connecting to ancestors and spirits. So people that don't necessarily have a connection to their culture or they want to connect to that, that's the sort of stone I would I suggest for them. But we have so many others. Yeah, I know. That's um, what I mean. I was like, I know I'm like only in Canterbury because it's really, I don't, I don't even know what I would say if someone asked me that question, but I love hearing, you know, what's jumping into your mind or, and all that kind of stuff. So you said yeah. before that you, you aspire to own like an Aboriginal owned and run metaphysical store. So how can we support you in that? Where can we find you, babe? What can we do to support you in your mission on this beautiful land we're on? So I have a website, it's called waxtreasuresfeathers.com.au. You will find information about me, my tribe on there, what I do. I do have a lot of crystals I sell. I make my own smoke sticks and healing packs, herbal teas. And beautiful um, You name it. Huh? I love the candle that you sent me. It's so stunning. Oh, and I do moon ritual candles. <laughs> so I mix my Celtic with my my Aboriginal side. So there are a lot of things that have been handed down from, you know, my mother and that I still practice. So, you know, that's the moon ritual. I believe in the power of the moon. I always have. I talk to the moon. I was, I'm a triple Aquarius, which, and I was born on a... Oh, and we're entering the age of Aquarius. Babe, are you ready? Have you got your seatbelt on? Yes. Well, we've got, I'm hanging for the next new moon because that's my one. So so let's hang in there because we've also got a, a retrograde happening and I hate I hate when it when Mercury's in retrograde. I really do like I blame that on everything and being a triple Aquarius, I'm ruled by Uranus. So that's like lightning storms and thunder. So I don't know, guys. I don't know if the age of Aquarius is great. I think it's, you know, we're we're all about him being a humanitarian natural and you know that that bigger thinking but we're also fiery. So we could see a few storms during that period and hopefully we all come out of it better people. But 
yeah, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know if I'm excited. I kind of am actually, I'm excited. I was going to say, I think, I don't know, there is a lot of chaos happening in the world, but you know, I just have this unmovable trust in the good of humanity and that there is enough good people that do genuinely want are led by love and unity and and want the best, you know, for for our whole world as a whole functioning ecosystem. So, yeah. And I get asked this, especially lately, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? And I've made quite a few predictions and I, I believe that I can't, I can't sway either from the fact that there is more good in the world than there is bad. And, yeah, things might not be great for the next few years, but we'll be fine. And I just encourage people, be on the right side of karma and, you know, choose your side wisely, do your research. Yeah, I I truly believe that it's all happening for a reason and that, like you said, we've just got to hang in there and try not to buy into the fear of it all, watch it like a movie and, you know, when it's... And know that it's going to end and it's going to be good, yeah. And it's not going to last that long. No. You know, and like you were just saying, the age of Aquarius, the storm, like once you brave the storm, then there's this beautiful calm, there's this beautiful clear path and there's like new life and, um, and things look different and, you know, and the morning always comes. So, yeah. After all the pain and all the horrible things we have seen for the last 12 months, I am hoping that, you know, whatever happens next, it does. It it reinstates that belief in humanity. Love always wins. That there yes. is more good than there is bad. Yes, I think so. And you know, like you said, like I I really look for those beautiful good those good feel stories. Like you know, like you said, the the dolphins going into Italy, and you know, you see those videos of everyone talking on their rooftops, and it has really taught us to slow down. And you know, and yeah, a big believer in looking for the good stuff that's come out of it. It's fucking hard <laughs> and it's not been easy and it's, you know, stretching all of our edges, but... It so could be worse. And that's where I think we need to remember, be grateful. We are in a great country with beautiful, oh, so you know, and we are so blessed right now. And I think we need to not be complacent about what's happening in the rest of the world either. Yeah. Try not to hold it, but I really do think that if we as, you know a united front could send so much energy to that and to pay attention to what's happening there because I just, I cannot imagine, you know, what they're going through right now. So I think there's a lot of people in the world in a very vulnerable position and we're very lucky. And I think whatever we can do as a country and as people to help them is a great cause. Absolutely. So babe, before I let you go, where can we find you on the socials? Is there anything you want to leave us with before I let you get back to your beautiful life? Yeah. I want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me my voice. I'm always approachable guys. I'm on Instagram majority of the time. You will find me there, which is wax treasures feathers and otherwise the website. And yeah, there's a contact tab there. So if you have any questions, any special requests, shoot me a message. I'm also a mum, so I've got kids. So my time, I will get back to you if I don't straight away, know that I will. But yeah, everyone just stay safe, love each other, love always wins. And you know, a random act of kindness, just, you know, for no reason, could literally turn someone's life around. So, you know, we really need to start being more kind to each other. As always, thanks so much for listening today. And if anything here landed in your soul feels, please share with the people that you love because the more hearts and ears this gets into, the better. 
If you want more conversation like this, then head over to the Quintessential Being by Nikki Facebook or Instagram page. I would love to see you there. Till next time, big love.